whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. I was wondering if I could just not say anything after I press the button and if what you were going to say. Of course I'll say something. <laughs> you won't say welcome back. No. Mm, no. But. Here we are. We we did record last week. Man, that feels like. Was that the one we did with Nikki? Yeah, but that oh. feels like a really long time ago. Yeah. It does. But it was just one week ago. Wow. Even on this. Did we. We recorded Thursday with yeah. her? Okay. See? Think, no. I don't know. I have no idea what day it was. I don't even barely know what day it is today, but it is Friday. And we... I didn't think we were actually going to record this week. Because Danny is supposed to be leaving. I have a busy life. life. <laughs> as if I don't normally have a busy life, but we are going up to Chip's parents cabin with his parents and sister they are already there as of today and we were supposed to drive up tonight but we decided to leave early in the morning instead so we get to record instead we get to record otherwise we would not have fit it in no if we're talking kind of quiet i feel like we're talking quieter than usual so don't Danny's worried about the fact that the door is open and... Bless you. Sorry. There she goes again. It was totally, like, kind of, like, snuck up on me. Out of nowhere. Sneeze. But, um, she's worried about it being... We normally record with the door closed. And... And I feel like I can be as loud as I want. Right. And the kids are usually watching a movie. Right. We haven't done an after-bedtime recording at all. Or when we do, Tim is usually out there... And so I'm not worried about if my kids get up or anything. But right. Tim is at a friend's house tonight. Partying. Good for him. I feel like he never does things like that. And I'm glad that he's doing something. Yeah. And so I have to be like semi paying attention to if my kids wander out of bed. It is a little bit sad that it happens to be on a night that Chip's home. I know. Because he was kind of like, where's Tim? I know. I it like, is oh, sad. Well... It's a rarity. And I feel like I can... There's so little Fridays ever that Chip is home that I know. it's not like... That's the part that makes it yeah, sad because yeah. it's not like they usually get to hang out and... Right. But I think Chip was going to finish cleaning stuff up and try to go to bed since we're, we're waking up and trying to leave early, early. Yeah. So, like, we want to be leaving by... So can Chip five. go to bed without you? Yeah, and I... I can go to bed without him. My problem isn't going to bed without him. My problem is that if I go to bed without him too early and then he comes home, uh-huh. I will wake up and then I'll feel like I'm such a night owl that I'll feel like I just got a really great nap and I'll like then struggle to keep sleeping. Oh, okay. I can fall asleep without him. Okay. We just don't usually. But my problem is if I go to bed at like, if he's working until 11... I go to bed in my bed. If I go to sleep in my bed uh-huh. at like 9.30 or 10, 
then he'll get home and come to bed at like 12. And at that point, I'll, not 100% of the time, but there's a good chance that I would wake up and then just feel really like rested and like, uh-huh. oh, I just got a great night of sleep. Well, that's probably fine though, since that's when Pax usually is up anyway. <laughs> but yeah. And I just really love the quiet time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if he's at work and the kids are in bed, I feel like it's the only time ever in my life that I get to be up and doing things and it's just quiet and... Yep. I know there's some people who are super amazing that go to bed earlier and then they get up at like four in the morning to have their quiet time. Yeah. I definitely have kids that are up at six. Right. I get up at six and... If I wanted to get up yeah. before my kids, I'd have to get up at, like, 5. Yeah. And it just feels like, mm, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. Yep. So, yeah. He'll probably... I don't know if he'll be in bed or not, but probably not. <laughs> um, so, I've been working on projects. Lots of projects. Super excited. Yeah, today... Today there was a big project that we didn't do, but that was exciting. The wall between our houses mm-hmm. has, it, it was a super old block wall. And it's been falling down. Like, it's like really super like dangerous loose and like falling down. Blocks have fallen off the top. And so we had a team of guys come and Redo remove it. it and take away all the old materials mm-hmm. and rebuild a new strong wall. Mm-hmm. We did something a little unconventional. I wonder if we ever tried to sell our house, what people would think of like why, why? that was there. <laughs> well, even like like Abby has stepping stones that go in the front <laughs> of her yard that normally any normal person they would go like out to the sidewalk from your front door. Right. As like a path. But it's really but just a path, a path from my front door over to Danny's house. Over to my yard. Mm-hmm. So it just goes into into my front yard, which yeah. doesn't feel strange to us. Right, but, but other to people any person walk like that walks up and sees it, I'm sure they're like why do they have it just going to this? And there's no path to the sidewalk. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what we did that's unconventional this time is we left, had them leave a four foot gap in the wall where they had built columns on either side of it and left a space for Chip to build a, a gate <laughs> that goes between our two houses. Our two backyards. Yep. So that, because all often, a lot of times, kids, when they can't play, will go outside and, like, talk to each other at the wall. When the wall was falling down, it was, like, the perfect level that they uh-huh. could, like, stand at the wall and see each other over the wall and talk to each yeah. other at the wall. And they would they would say, like, meet me at the wall at 10 o'clock. Yeah. And uh-huh. they would come in the house and be like, Riken. Cade's at the wall for you. He wants you to come out there. And it just was, like, super sad to think that that would end from us rebuilding the wall. But also it felt dangerous that they're, like, out at this wall that's falling over all the time. So 
I think we're going to have a split door mm-hmm. that they can just open the top door so our dogs stay in our own yards and chat with each other. And it'll be really nice, though, to like also send. We always have this age that's really hard of like little kids that mm-hmm. like I don't really want them to like walk next door by themselves. Right. But they, they like can and it will be kind of nice to let them like go through the go back. Through the back. Yes. Yard by themselves. Mm-hmm. We'll just have to. We're working on. I have one dog in particular. I have two stupid little yappy dogs that are. <laughs> my kids love them and they're fine. I do feel so. The one of them is she's just super protective and scared, but she is probably she's the sweeter one out of the two of them Mm -hmm. as far as if she decides she likes you yeah she's the more cuddly one she she sleeps in our room at night on the floor and she will follow us around the house until we go into our room to go to bed and if we go in there to take like if i go in there to put laundry away she like comes in there and she's like Gets all comfortable and settled down, and then I walk back out, and she gets up and walks back out. (laughs) Like, oh, we're not going to bed yet. And she's just very... But she is super scared of Abby's dog, Uh but also... So she wants to attack Abby's dog. But my dog is, like, three times the size of your dog. So I don't feel And my dog's, like, the puppy, super playful. Right. So your dog wants to play with my dog, which scares my dog (laughs) because my dog thinks she's going to eat her, even though she's not. And then my dog wants to attack your dog. And then if my dog's attacking your dog, your dog wants to, like, defend itself Uh and attack it back. And so we're not really sure if we just completely left them unsupervised. What would happen? Probably not good things at this point. Where they really haven't been around each other, so... We're we hoping. did some supervised visitation today. <laughs> we'll have to continue that. But, yeah, so um, the problem with the wall, they also took down our wall that blocks off our backyard from our front yard, and our there's a hole from our backyard to our alleyway now. So we had to put up some temporary baby gates and fences so our dogs can't just run away. Mm -hmm. But because of that, we decided to take them with us to the cabin, which will also be an adventure because my in-laws' dogs will be there, which are two big dogs that will probably... I feel like it just really stresses out our little dogs, but gotta learn i feel like your kids are excited that they're taking you're taking them yeah my kids are excited i don't know it'll be fine it's only maybe you could turn into that like person who like gets like a purse and like brings your dog everywhere never (laughs) nope should i do that with olive you put her in a little little back like a baby carrier on my back just put a vest on her and pretend (laughs) that she's like a special needs helper. Yeah. She lays in the weirdest positions. If you had her... (laughs) That's really mean of me, but I don't mean it the way I was going to sound like. I was going to say, if you had her with, like, arrow... (laughs) I don't mean that arrow really (laughs) looks like it has issues, but... With his glasses, I just feel like... And his arrowness. I just feel like 
You could be Pass. convincing. Yeah, I have no desire to bring my dog anywhere. I know. I just... So... The thought of it with his <clears throat> orange glasses and mm-hmm. some of the yep. hats he wears and oh, yeah. his Batman attire and mm-hmm. just everything. Everything about Arrow is special. I love him. He is something else. He's really... It's really interesting. I feel like the world of Arrow is being unlocked even more now that he's starting to talk even more. Mm-hmm. That it's not really surprising, mm-hmm. but it very much is yeah. the Arrow we always thought Knew was, was in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's just coming out. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yep. He oh. is real special. Mm hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know, Arrow is Abby's two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old. Mm-hmm. And he got orange glasses, and he loves Blippi. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, what two-and-a-half-year-old who's doesn't. exposed to Blippi yes. doesn't love Blippi? Yes, but I know. I mean, I feel like but it's Arrow, an extra... But Arrow, like, isn't just... He, he like, wants to be Blippi. Yeah, he acts like Blippi. Mm-hmm. Like, that's more like He it. would act like Blippi even if he didn't know about Blippi. Yes. But... Just that super weird moves and dancing and... Very white boy dance. Yes. But he's got, like, a, a he, jive to yeah, him. Yeah, he thinks he... Yeah. Um, what else? I feel like we haven't done just like a update mm. podcast in a while. We've had like topics and people and stuff. Yeah. Um, we're preparing for our road trip. Yeah, I've had a lot of people ask me about. Maybe we didn't talk exactly about what we're doing, but yeah, I don't know. We're going on a road trip. The our two families. So that's. 15 kids, right? 15 kids. Four adults. Four adults. And we're taking two different cars because there's also been questions of like, were we all fitting in the brown shuttle bus? No, we're not. Our new shuttle bus that we purchased (coughs) is still only 15 passengers. Right. You just have more like storage space. There are 11 of us. So. Yes, we're taking our 15 passenger van and the Browns are taking their shuttle bus and we're caravanning together. And we're going through Texas, going to visit some friends in Arkansas, then to go up to Illinois where um, my family and Tim's family is, and then Michigan where Danny's family lives, and then back through. We're on our way back. We're going to stop and visit some friends in Texas, and... Yep. So... It'll be it'll be an adventure. We our family we're gonna be gone almost three weeks. And we're, we're right at two and a half weeks. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're staying a little bit longer in Texas to visit with our friends a little bit more. So it's most of October. Yep. So we're getting all prepared. Yeah, so, so we won't have podcasts. We'll do- we're not that fancy to like podcast ahead of time. We'll probably do next week and then the week after that, I, no, I would doubt say it. probably not. So I would just say most of October there won't be a podcast. Sorry. But maybe we'll Maybe we'll just go Facebook and, Live somewhere yeah. at one of our adventure stops. Yeah. That would, we're not making promises, but... No, we're not. You just never know yep. when we'll pop up. 
Yep. But if you get worried because We've we don't put new podcasts up in October, we'll be back. Yep. Um, so we've just been getting ready for that. So, yeah. <clears throat> one of my projects today is I've been making mats, like foam sleeping mat beds to put in certain spaces in the shuttle bus so that Mm -hmm. when we stop places we have mats so I'm really excited about I had this idea to take this really thin it's like an underlayment wood it's it's like a a fifth of an inch thick so it's not thick Mm -hmm. but it's really pretty sturdy and we we put foam on top of it on top of two pieces and then it was like a king size mattress piece of foam and used a piece of it was actually a what's it called a mattress pad cover Mm -hmm. and we stapled that to the we stapled that around the foam onto the wood Mm -hmm. and then I put a quilt on the other side as like the cover and stapled that on the wood mm-hmm. and then it can fold up so it's this big foldable latex <clears throat> foam mattress that I'm excited about these are the episodes that we need to just be able to like show people video what it is. I know this because it feels like I know what you're talking about because I've, like, seen them. But if I was listening I to this, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I know. About? We'll have to do, like, a, <clears throat> a show and tell sometime. But basically, I'm just excited because I figured out a way to staple things instead of having to mm-hmm. sew. Yes. And I'm still going to have to sew some covers for things. But the idea of trying to sew a king-sized cover that was going to be tight on this... Foam, like mattress pad mm-hmm. toppers, foam toppers are like difficult to s- stuff into a tight fitting cover. Yeah. That's king size. Yeah, for sure. So the thought of having to go to all the work to sew it and try to figure out how I was going like, to, I don't, I'm not good at doing zippers. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not a good seamstress. I don't sew things. Yeah. I know how to press the pedal. I know how to sew a, a line, but it's not an area of like strong enjoyment. This project has been incredibly enjoyable mm-hmm. because I have had to sew a few things, but it's been things that like it doesn't matter that much. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pin anything. I'm not measuring. I'm like the the fabrics I'm using have designs on them that have it like they're geometrical so I can use the pattern on the material to like eyeball my lines <laughs> which is just fantastic yeah because I enjoy sewing that way like <laughs> what well that was close good enough nobody's gonna be looking at that but yeah um I don't even know what else we had weird week with sick kids and Ruben struggles and yeah, you did. 
Ruben's been having a real rough go at life, but hopefully it'll be getting a little bit better. Thankfully, he ruptured his eardrum today. (laughs) Yes. So it's good because... Abby always gets excited when that happens because it means that her babies can finally get better. Right. Like, not that I want my baby's eardrum to rupture, but I know once it ruptures, the pressure is significantly better and the pain is better, and so they'll probably start eating again. I remember before I knew you and your kids, the idea of an eardrum rupturing felt like really extreme and really not that it isn't i think it is pretty extreme for most people right but when i think every single one of my babies has ruptured an eardrum right that's what i mean like the first time i heard like the first time you were like he has pus pouring out of his ear i think his eardrum ruptured i just remember like that hearing of like someone's eardrum rupturing from an ear infection had always been like like, well, you don't want their ear infection to get so bad that their ear... Like, yeah. it just yeah. felt like something that doesn't happen very often. And now, I feel like I've been around your kids enough. <laughs> and you're right. Like, all of your kids, it's mm-hmm. just... And it, it I don't know really if any of my kids have uh, one as, like, a, a toddler. But it's always the, the babies. Mm-hmm. Just the, their anatomy. Which one was it, Cal? No, Graceland had ruptured hers as a toddler. Okay. I think all the rest of them were like babies, though. I feel like either Cal or Arrow, maybe older than what I would consider baby, but... Under one. But I think, I feel like one of them has had it happen when they were over one. That could be. My memory I'm not sure which one, but I feel almost... I mean, didn't... Didn't Cal get an ear infection and really bad? Did, did it end up rupturing when he had the chicken pox? They know his ears really hurt. I don't hurt. think it ruptured. Okay. No. He at least had an ear infection. Yeah, I think my kids' ears, just the anatomy gets better as they get right. older. And yeah. so they don't mm-hmm. actually need tubes because it just self-corrects. As it as, grows. Yeah. yeah. But as babies, it's a struggle for them. Yeah. So, hmm. Uh, did we even talk about like my whole Tucson fiasco? I don't think we. I'm struggling to even remember. It was was it last yeah, week we talked no, to Nikki? We did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Or the week before we no, talked it was to last Nikki? week. That we talked to Nikki. Yeah. So I don't think you talked to you talked about Tucson. It's just been like. A lot of like things right happening, uh-huh. not are, in like a good way. <laughs> right, that are like, but also life just feels super up in the air and weird, and like not because we are getting ready for this road trip, it just feels like right. But it just feels like there's like one thing after another after another, and it just feels like a season of like, at least for me, feeling like God is just sanctifying me in like super uncomfortable ways which I knew was going to happen with the road trip in and of itself but adding in the all the other extra things feels like even more sanctifying and yeah so 
our shuttle bus is like that we're taking on the road trip in two weeks is being fixed right now. We tried to take it. Oh, sorry. Whoa. I didn't turn my notifications quiet, quieter. Um, we tried to take a preview trip, a, a practice trip down to Tucson to see my sister's house and didn't go so well, but it also made us really thankful that you took that trip. I know, but I'm still nervous because... I'm nervous, too. It doesn't feel like... if The thing that broke, that, like, made it break, we had literally just had replaced. Yeah. And there's, like, something that feels like, why did that break when it was brand new? Yeah. So the back air conditioner compressor went out seized up which caused a serpent our serpentine belt to break which is like what runs the entire engine and so yeah it was just a giant fiasco (laughs) being stranded on we made it into a quick trip gas station that wasn't open are you sure i didn't talk about this i don't know i can't remember when that even what that was last week right I have no idea. Um, I'm not sure. Because Yeah. You might have talked about it. It though. was last week. Maybe that you just I went. told someone about it. I know. And I, was I probably there. did. Cause it's all sounding like a I know. Like the story. Uh-huh. But anyway, if I already talked about this, sorry, but I had to take the kids into a Denny's that was there and we none of us had masks and we waited in the shuttle bus for like five hours and thankfully we had thrown in a foam mat for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know why. I mean, we were just testing it out to see if it could fit behind the seats and it did and we just left it in there. But that's where Paxton took a nap. He like slept on the mat in the shuttle bus, <laughs> the kids all around him. So we made it to my sister's at 530 which we were planning to leave to come home at 4.30. So we spent the night in our clothes, and she was super hospitable, her and her husband. Yeah. Thanks, Cassie, if you listen to this. Yeah, it's super The kids loved that we got to spend the night. But all that to say, now our shuttle bus is back getting fixed again, and... I'm just really trying to prepare myself for like, okay, what if we get into the middle of New Mexico, which feels like the Mm -hmm. worst place we could be, and we just break down at the very beginning of our trip. Well, you know. I don't know. (laughs) We'll figure that out. I'm like trying to prepare myself that the trip that I think we're going on might not be that trip at all. You guys might just get to keep going and we might Mm -hmm. find you at some point in the journey. We might end up staying in a hotel in Tucumcari, New Mexico for (laughs) five days. Hopefully not. Yeah. I'm trying to just really trust God that... It'll be how it's supposed to be. Yes, I... Yes. That 
I'm trying to trust God that I will not have a... I feel like sometimes when I'm trying to prepare myself for the worst, I don't let myself be hopeful that it's all yeah. just going to go okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, this is probably going to be terrible. Yeah. But, which doesn't, like, discourage me, really. It just... God's just... I feel like he's asking me to to trust him and not just be pessimistic that it's going to be a big disaster because that's kind of how I feel Mm -hmm. right now. Like, well, it'll be awful. This is going to, we're just going to have to pay a bunch of money for a broken down car and never get to do the fun things we have planned. But God's trying to teach me to, that it's okay to plan for the best Mm -hmm. too. So... Um, but yeah, we had this cabin trip planned this whole time, and so it just feels... It's like one thing after another, and... But in a good way. Yeah. My feel... feels like my one thing after another feels a little bit better than your one thing after another. Yeah. My one thing after another has not been... It's like, this kid's sick, and this kid's not eating, and... When you say this kid's not eating... You're talking about your baby, which right. is why it's I feel like yeah, my other your kids six don't year eat. old isn't eating. It's well, like yeah. smart. <laughs> yes, not that if they never ate, we'd feel that way. But. Right. Yes. So it's just been it's just been kind of a rough couple of weeks and big news though. Abby has pumped for. Oh, yes. Eight months. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Ruben will be eight months old. And I have... Tomorrow is Abby's... Last, hopefully, potentially... I mean... I mean... I ate cheese tonight. I ate cheese tonight, and it was... Glorious. Yes. I haven't had cheese except... Well, I haven't had dairy except butter or gluten or soy or egg and four or five months and tonight because she's ending pumping i'm done pumping yes i'm gonna probably i pumped like once today and that was it yeah and i'll probably she might have to pump a few more times because she's not gonna get mastitis right but i'm done giving it to ruben and i am eating cheese it was literally it was so glorious that's especially you had it for in it with in and out in and out yeah and you have to get no bun. Right, right. So it's like protein style. Yes. So. But when it's protein style, plain. Yeah. Normally that's what I get is yeah. a plain beef patty with nothing else. I know because you don't lettuce. like things. Well, uh, yeah. What else can I get? Onions, pickles. That would be delicious. Yeah, no. no. Ketchup. <clears throat> I do ketchup. Um, anyway, so I got cheese and it was so good. It was so wonderful. So, yeah, I'm going to be done pumping and... You have some milk stored Yeah, up. like six or seven hundred ounces. Uh-huh. And you have found a formula that... So far, he's doing he well on... I mean, taking. when he decides to eat. Yes. So, I think it'll be a good plan, and... This is actually really big news, and it's a really big thing for us in the sense that we were talking about it today, and... Like, it's really been a challenge for you. And it's challenging me, too, but in a different way. Because uh-huh. it's, like, not 
me personally, but challenging our idea of like that what we can say is best overall may not be best in a specific situation, which that principle we would acknowledge. Yes. Right. But it's harder when you're actually having to walk through it. Yes. And Mm -hmm. so what has that looked like for in this situation? Like, what are your questions? I'm just not, I'm just not sure if I just am not feeling like my breast milk is great for Reuben. Or a great fit for your kids in general. Yes. And maybe not. Maybe I'm... That might not be, like, the case because I've never... Well... Yes, I have... You've had six kids. One of my kids I didn't... I nursed, you know, for two months. But Sayla, you quit breastfeeding at eight months when she was having all of her Mm -hmm. issues and put her on formula and donor milk. Mm -hmm. And yes, she also had a feeding tube, but that's when she started to really thrive. Mm -hmm. And Arrow started to really thrive. When you put him on the goat goat milk milk formula. formula. He like did okay. But even doing okay, I remember so clearly you like... Both Cal and Arrow worrying yes. about them at a certain point. Yes, because I'm like, they just like are they... falling off the growth the growth chart. You know, they're not following their curve. So and... it's always hard to tell because you could, like, you do. And is it like my kids are just small? And Which that's they just are. what they but... are supposed to do? Or is there some issue with my kids? And, I mean, with Ruben, this is the sh- most strict I've ever been with my diet as like, far as cutting things out. So I thought maybe... Maybe, Maybe I, my, all of my kids just needed me to do this, and I just didn't do it until this point. But you did cut a lot out with Cade. I did. And he really struggled, too. Yes. So, two time. of my six kids have had feeding tubes. I've, I only have one kid who has maintained a normal, like, Growth weight. chart. Yes. Weight, like, like um, curve. Growth and curve. that is my one that didn't have breast milk. Yeah. I mean, she had... For the first month or two, but um, she was my only like formula fed baby. Did you find any donor milk for her? Yeah, I did some. So just kind of a yeah. mixture, kind of like with Sailor, like yeah. where you'd have some and right. So I don't know. I don't know what I'll do next time. But at this point, I'm kind of feeling like, well, I I literally go through so much effort trying to get them to latch trying to get them to or pumping or like that i and i feel like at the end of the day like at the end of the day i look back over this journey with ruben of pumping for eight months exclusively and i think i'm not sure that that was worth it not because of my work mm-hmm. not because like i i wasn't worth doing it for him right it is i don't think it was the best more questions right whether or not he if i would have just stopped and done formula would he have done better would he be doing better right now right and that's where it's like but we talked about the fact that if you hadn't done this and you had just put him on formula even if he did really well on it Mm -hmm. there would be a different a different feeling about Mm -hmm. the whole thing Mm -hmm. than so the takeaway of this is not like 
formula is better than breast milk and everyone should just formula feed their babies. That's not like the takeaway, but the takeaway is that it's not always. And we don't know, but, but after putting a lot of work and effort and trying a lot of things and going through multiple kids with similar issues. Yeah. It it kind of gets you to a point of thinking like, well, maybe I would just try going straight to formula for Mm -hmm. my next baby and seeing what happens with that. And I think you're at a place you've learned a lot through this experience that maybe that would be the answer and go really well. Yeah. But I don't think, I think you aren't like, you won't like place your hope in like, well, yes. this is the answer. This is for sure right. what's wrong. And yeah. it's just my milk. And if I do other milk, it's going to, because I do feel like to some degree you thought, well, nursing is just really hard. And if and I just give them the breast milk in a bottle, then they'll do better because they can transfer and, easier. And you can see how much they're getting. Yeah. And that and, is not been the case. And if I cut out all this stuff, then my right. milk will be better. And yeah. so... Yeah, so I feel like there's just been a lot of learning through this. And again, I don't know what I'll do next time um, if we have another baby, but I I just definitely don't feel like I'm walking away from this like... Well, this was the answer, and that's, yeah. this is like what I'll do next time, and it worked out mm-hmm. great. And Yeah, because honestly, if that was, I wouldn't be stopping right now. Right, yeah. I would keep pumping. Right. Um, yes. But at this point, it just has felt like there's no sense in us us going on this road trip and me having to, like, pack all my special foods to bring with us when I don't feel like in pumping through it right. all. And when you don't feel confident that this is yeah. even what So it does feel a huge relief aspect of the road trip that I can just eat whatever and not have to bring a pump or worry about pumping and worry about what I can't eat and so yeah I'm glad that that's not yeah a thing um I will say that watching you through the last eight months I've been really proud of you but also just it really makes me want to worship God and the work that I've watched him do in you. I like I I say I'm proud of you, but I know that it's not like yeah. you. I've gotten to have a front row seat at watching God really sanctify you, really challenge you. Yeah. And I've watched you be obedient even when it's hard. And that's been really cool because I feel like a couple of years ago if the same situation was put in front of you. I mean, not to say, obviously, God is working in you to call you to the obedience and giving you the strength and will to obey. So I know that he could have done that two years ago, too. But I guess what I'm saying is that leading up to it, there just was definitely like an attitude of like well that's way too hard and yeah. I would never I would never do that like that that just why would I ever yeah do and that? I think God has just been convicting me a lot about like just because something's hard doesn't mean 
you don't do it. Like, right. is it, it doesn't mean the criteria is not like, oh, that's hard. So God isn't asking me to do that. Like, that's not how God works. Like a lot of times he calls you to do something and then he shows you and supplies for you what you need to do that thing. Right. And it's not always supplied ahead of time. Right. And so even if this wasn't the answer, this wasn't this amazing, like, just smooth and like, well, this was just everything that worked out great. I feel like for me as your friend watching you, like the value of everything God did in you through it feels like an invaluable eight months experience that you walked through Yeah, in a spiritual sense, aside from like the results of how Ruben's doing or not. Yeah. Like, I think that there is so much that you learned and got to live out, mm-hmm. like, were challenged to, and that God helped you through that you wouldn't have if you would have just thrown in the towel and been like, no, I don't want to do it. Right. But, um, yeah. I mean, there's, I feel like there's so many, uh, so many parts. To, to this whole journey with Ruben. And I mean, ever since Ruben's been born, it's been something that has been a struggle with feeding him, with um, just him as a baby in general. That I mean, back backing up to when God first asked us to like lay down our fertility and let him control that, it has never been something that has been really that challenging for me like there's been moments where I'm like oh man that I'm not sure if I how many kids am I gonna have you know right um but it's never been something that I've been like fighting God on it just felt like well this is what we're doing and right there maybe were days Yes, right. But I feel like there's a difference between, like, a day where you're having a hard day and, and like, you're like, I can't imagine that and I don't want to do this. Right. Versus, like, a long-term yes. fighting with God over it, struggle. Yes. And ever since Ruben has been born, it has been very much, like, I would, I mean, cry <laughs> for last, like, First months after he was born, like, I don't want to do this ever again. Like, I don't want to have any more kids. I don't want to do any of this. And it was... I've never struggled with having another baby. And... The idea of that. To be fair, like, we love Ruben. Yes. Very much. I guess this does sound like... It makes it sound like he's just... But he, especially in the beginning, was extremely difficult. I mean, I was telling someone last night that he didn't smile yes until how many weeks was he oh i don't 12 13 probably. 14 it was like and even late. then yes and it was like even rare then yes. and hard because i remember thinking like i always kind of in my mind like 6 weeks is the average like yeah. normal normalish time babies start to smile mm-hmm. i feel like when babies smile before that it feels like they're early and that like seven to eight weeks is like a Mm -hmm. later smiler like nine weeks and I feel like it got to that point and it was like he just was always like upset yeah and but he was I mean when we say that but it wasn't like he 
it wasn't like he cried and screamed like there was right like there were days where you're like is there something wrong with him and doing but there were a lot of days where it just felt like he was like cranky and fussy and he would just kind of look at you and like hate life be grumpy not like yeah oh i need to figure out like what is drastically wrong with my child just like right you would almost think he's gonna smile at you and then he would just start crying and you're like okay do you not know like how to show this emotion or so he was and this is up against i mean we've talked about it like compared to Paxton, who's the opposite extreme, and like you can barely look his direction, and he like smiles with his whole body and face, yeah. like he's yeah. gonna hurt himself smiling. Mm-hmm. So it's been a kind of awkward, hard. I mean, you talked about it a lot mm-hmm. back. I know at one point a while ago. Yes. Yeah. So. I feel like it's just been something that this time after this specific pregnancy, I've struggled with the most of any other time. Like, even if I would think about, like, having another baby or getting pregnant again, it was like, oh, no. Like, no. I don't know what I'll have to do, but no. Like, it felt like I don't know how to obey God and not have this happen other than just just pray because a lot that God like will never let this happen. You hadn't again. changed what you thought about yes. it. Yes. You so, just were like, no, I'm not willing to do that anymore. Yes. So two two almost three weeks ago. Yeah, almost three weeks ago now. Mm-hmm. I thought I might have ovulated. Not quite three weeks. And I, as soon as that happened, I, as soon as I had signs of ovulation, I was like, oh no. Like, surely God would not do this to me. <laughs> like, surely I'm not going to get pregnant the earliest I've ever gotten pregnant before and have to go on like a road trip with being morning sick and have to have my babies 15 months apart and have to do all of these things like surely that's not going to happen when I don't even want to do it ever at all right and I just so for two weeks after that I it was hard for me to even think about anything else other than like just fear and dread and feeling super not good about that but also like well maybe I'm just imagining things and um so I struggled a lot with feeling totally overwhelmed by that um and then on Sunday so almost a week ago I took a pregnancy test that was really faintly positive like like really faintly but but enough like I, I showed it to Danny and Melissa and they both were like yeah I think I see well you took more than one right two yes. of even different brands well yes yes and then I went and yes. got like a different one and that one was definitely more like mm. it still was really 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 faint right but, but enough there that we were like there's something well, there. You're pregnant. Like, yeah. 
Um, and then the next, Tim wanted me to take another test the next morning to like. It was. We're talking. It was in the like zone where we can all see it, but husbands can't. Yeah, and most for, people know that for zone. For those of you, for those women out there who take pregnancy tests, and they know. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, the next morning I'll take another one. And then I was like already thinking out like how we're going to tell the kids and what we're going to say and do. And and I was starting to get like, okay, this is going to be fine. Like, obviously, if God's giving me a baby, he's going to like. He like really worked on you throughout the day. Yes, of, like, a lot. Like by like, the evening, I was like going to bed excited about it where I was like feeling nauseous in the morning about the idea. Um then the next morning I woke up, took another test thinking, okay, this will be the test that like Tim's like, oh, okay. I can see And it. now we'll tell the kids. Tim said, no, then we'll crack the bubbly was like how he described that. And I took another test and it was exactly the same, like still super light. And I'm like, I feel like it should be darker by now. So I took another test the next day and it was still the exact same, like not any darker at all still super light um and so then I was feeling like what it it suddenly changed from like oh please god don't let me get pregnant to like please don't let this go away when like which felt like it just felt like this huge huge transformation of like god revealing how like stupid and sinful like issues like I might feel sick in the car compares with like is he gonna give me new life like that isn't even there isn't even like a compare it just sounds stupid Mm -hmm. like like do we actually believe that God is the author of life and that he gives life and he takes life and he knows when is best do we actually believe that and if I do then and that he'll sh- supply for our needs, even if it is is hard, even right. if it is uncomfortable. Like, are we so convenience-based mindset and so, like, wanting to be con- in control of all of our circumstances that, like, we aren't willing to lay down some of those things for right. the children that God may give us? Right. And... So I think it just it revealed it revealed a lot of sin for me of of really just questioning what do I actually believe about children and about God being able to supply for them and God knowing the right time for them. Interestingly enough, like during this whole entire thing, we're actually like we were at also like we do the Bible reading challenge mm-hmm. and it was also during the passages yep. of God opening and closing Rachel and Leah's yep. wombs and yep. how I mean Sarah how and- yeah, how more blatant yeah. of scripture can you be wrestling with as you're wrestling yes. with all of this totally and it just was like god being like do you believe what you say you've believed when it has been easy like it's easy for me to say like oh yeah i trust god with my fertility when i don't mind having more kids and then but when either i don't really want to have more kids do i still trust god or when i suddenly want him to keep the baby that i think i'm pregnant with in it's not looking that way like do I also trust, Do I trust him that to take he, life when right, he wants sees to take fit, life? Right. So it that was huge. And also um, the other thing God really convicted me on was how much time, how, how, how desperate I was to just have answers. 
I mean, two weeks I waited to know if I was going to be pregnant or not and felt like then you were it given was torturous. Multiple days. And then of- having like three days of like not knowing felt like I couldn't even think about anything else. I couldn't focus on anything else. I couldn't think about anything else. And I was just desperate to know what direction this was going. Are we going in the direction of having another baby? Are we going in the direction of not? And it felt so hard. And I remember, I don't remember which day it was this week, but just sitting, locking myself in my bathroom multiple occasions, just sitting on my bathroom floor and just crying and praying and asking God to um, to just continue to reveal sin because I knew that he was he was definitely working on my heart in that and um, I just I just remember so clearly him being like you have been so desperate to know and to have the knowledge of what is happening right now that that has now like taken the place of like any desire I have to know him and it's like the very definition of like idolization like I just want to know if I'm pregnant or not and that's all that matters it's all I can think about it's all I can focus on it's all I can do and he's like that's not that shouldn't be your focus like you're idolizing the having the knowledge of if you're pregnant or not instead of wanting to know me and wanting to like have that level of desire the level of desire where you like literally can't go five minutes without thinking about it like towards god right instead of towards like this thing that i don't know it's so and that won't not that there aren't things that you might do differently or whatever if you're pregnant or not pregnant but sure but overall like not knowing it for another day or two days felt like torture right but i'm saying like yes like in reality of what what difference it actually it doesn't make much of a difference at all to make right but that's what i'm saying like it shouldn't have felt the level of torture that it was and i feel like god was like that's because you're idolizing having this knowledge and i'm not giving it to you Mm -hmm. like i'm not letting you know what you want to know because that's not what you should be wanting to know Mm -hmm. what you should be wanting to know is me Mm -hmm. and um it just it it's been definitely like a turn turn things upside down type of like week of just Mm -hmm. really shifting a lot of what I think um and how I'm feeling now um took another pregnancy test yesterday the day before like Wednesday Wednesday so a couple days ago that was negative like it there was it was negative so I'm not pregnant um and but I definitely feel like I have a much different I'm there's parts of me that does feel like well it, it will make th- certain things easier yes. but it still and I feels think that's like okay to like acknowledge, acknowledge those yes. things but it's still okay to like remember that like well but if if God did keep that baby around that would have been okay too because he would have supplied what I needed for that. Right. And so I think I feel at least at this point um, a lot more of a piece about I can think I know what's best but God really and I feel like I, I would have said this Yeah. 
I mean, four months ago. Everything I'm saying isn't new. It just feels new. It's interesting too, in the sense of like that I walked through something very similar. Mm, yeah, totally. Um, I had a a different perspective going into it because I did have a really happy baby, easy time. Like, yeah, I wasn't so. I never want to get pregnant again. Yeah. But it still did feel very soon and still felt very overwhelming and still felt like what? a big surprise. And-, and it's just amazing that, like, this is the first time either of us have ever walked through that. Like, right. getting positive tests at a time where we weren't expecting it at all and then not. Right continuing on in that pregnancy in that God had us both go through this how many months apart from each other like right it's just really interesting yeah yeah it really is yep and I mean that I feel like just struggling through the I don't know the right emotion I felt but sadness I mean there is a lot a lot of friends of ours who are going through miscarriage and, um, like, late loss and... Infertility. And it just feels... Then I was feeling like, why do I even feel sad about this when, like, I get to, like, go hold my baby? Like, but that that comes back down to, like, what we were talking about, too, is, like, as Christians, we have to acknowledge life... And when life begins, and we can't, like, downplay that to make ourselves, like, feel better when there's loss. Right. But in in order to not downplay it, and in order to acknowledge, like, no, you were pregnant, and you lost your baby, a baby, a life you lost. Like. You only knew about that life for one day or two days. Yes. But it was a life, and. Like, that makes it hurt more. So we want to, like, be like, well, no, it was. It probably was nothing. It was and, fine, and. Not to say that there isn't a different different level level of pain when you're losing your baby that you've been pregnant with for 16 weeks. Like, there is a different, like, physical level of pain. There is a different emotional and, like, time you've had just bonding. Yes. Um, So, I I totally... It's just... It just feels interesting how prevalent it is right now in our with people we love and know circles yeah Mm -hmm. it's just it really is happening a lot in and i think honestly that it happens a lot at other times too and sometimes we just don't know Mm -hmm. about it happening around us and um but i think the biggest like one of the biggest overall takeaways is what we've believed for years mm-hmm. just about God's sovereignty over being the creator and the giver and taker of yeah. life and having a good plan and just asking us to trust him. Right. And not need to be in yeah. control of everything. And it's so easy it. to feel like, well, we're just being responsible and like we need to, we need to be able to like know and plan, know and make and, decisions, and, right? But we don't. I mean, to some degree, it's helpful, but but we guess even what? even yeah. if we like planned and perfectly knew exactly when I was ovulating and we like lined it up perfectly, like I've been thinking, it guarantees nothing. I've been thinking through a lot of like my 
getting pregnant times yeah and thinking about like I still just am amazed and think about my pregnancy with Deke and how I had thought I ovulated and I thought there was a really good chance I was pregnant and I was planning to take a pregnancy test the day before I thought that I would like be getting my period mm-hmm. because I was going to the dentist and Chip wanted me to take a pregnancy test just to make sure. So that was on a Monday that I was going to take that test thinking I had ovulated like on a Tuesday. So I thought, mm-hmm. and on Sunday I started bleeding and was like, Oh, I got my period early. I guess I wasn't pregnant and never took the pregnancy test that Monday mm-hmm. because I was clearly in my mind on my period. And I bled for six days and didn't end up even finding out I was pregnant until like two weeks later after that. So Mm -hmm. when I was like almost seven weeks pregnant already and just, I guess I was thinking about how interesting it is that he can allow us to know about a pregnancy. We like for me, I didn't, I didn't even know really that I didn't, have clear signs of ovulation when I found out that I was pregnant a few four months ago. Right. But how he like prompted me to find out that time. Right. But even when I had clear signs and thought it was a big possibility with Deke, mm-hmm. I didn't find out and how like hard that would have been and how yeah like if I would have found out I was pregnant and then I would have started bleeding for six days, how mm-hmm. Emotional. Just, just how much he protected my emotions in that and didn't make me go through. Like, that wasn't a time he was using that to teach me anything mm-hmm. in that moment. And Yeah. But then how he can, like, lead us to know things and mm-hmm. just how much he sanctifies us through yeah. all of these different times. And, yeah. you know, I didn't find out I was pregnant with Riken until I was almost seven weeks pregnant, even though I was taking tests regularly. And I, when I found out I was pregnant with the twins, I didn't know there was going to be two of them. Like, there's Mm -hmm. just... Yeah. So much, even when we think there's predictability and that we can know, Mm -hmm. there's so much mystery and God can really wait until his timing to... Mm -hmm. Yeah. But... Yes, so I've kind of, you've had this weird week of all of that, and I've had the weird week of kind of watching you go through all the emotions and thoughts and things that I feel like I went Went through. through Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's been a super weird, but, you know, these these are the times where... You're just so grateful that God, as painful as it is, like that he, he does show you your sin. And sometimes it feels like crushing. Yes. But. But also in those moments, I think the thing God has been showing me over and over again the last like week or two is just how it's he's just been bringing me to that point where there's a a refreshed amazement and awe and deep thankfulness for the fact that he is the one that Mm -hmm. 
like mm-hmm. I don't have to it's not up to me yeah like that, yeah that I, it's, it's all him yeah and that, that doesn't discount me from being obedient and mm-hmm. being motivated and being diligent and being faithful and all of those things but that when it comes down to it I'm gonna fail and that mm-hmm. that like what a an amazing truth it is that it's okay because that's not what I'm relying on. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Yeah. I'm not relying on myself. Yeah. For my salvation. Mm-hmm. And for your salvation or your sanctification. Right. <laughs> that we don't have to just keep working really hard at this ourselves and right. on our own strength and our own ability. Yes. Well, your baby has been stirring for yeah. a little bit and I need to go and get ready for tomorrow's adventure yeah so we'll try to be back next week we'll see bye